Hello and welcome to Chasing Care, a podcast that takes an open and honest look at health and social care in your local community. We speak to care assistants, support workers, registered managers, business owners, together with the end user and their families. We also speak to the Care Quality Commission and take a look at legislation moving forward. So, if you're interested in health and social care in your local community and how it may affect you day to day in your local community, then this is for you. My name's Gavin Chase, I'm your host. So let's strap in and get the show on the road. Welcome to Chasing Care podcast. And on today's episode, we'll be talking to Dr. Denise Taylor, who's a chartered psychologist and associate fellow of the British Psychological Society and the author of six career books, including Find Work at 50 Plus and Now You've Been Shortlisted. A lifelong learner, she became an apprentice of the Vision Quest Guide at 61 and gained her doctorate at 64. She was studying retirement transitions. She has a deep love of nature along with her partner and is the owner of a four-acre wood. Her next book is focused on how people can find meaning in life after full-time work. So why did I ask Denise to join us today? Well, she is the one that can tell us all about the age-old problem of I'm too old to work or the new one, the new thought process, which is I retired, however, I maybe don't have the means to support my lifestyle anymore. So today's conversation is all about you, the listener, and how you could find work, particularly in the care sector. So first of all, Denise, lovely to see you. Have I covered you off quite well there? You have, welcome, thank you for that introduction. My pleasure. Um, I should have said that she likes wild camping. I'm not sure what wild camping means, but maybe we'll save that for another episode. Okay. <laughs> Your book. In it, one of the first chapters, chapter two, you talk about mindset. Mindset of the person that's probably thinking they're too old to get a job. Is that what you're thinking? I am indeed. I think our brain is so powerful and people are always saying to me I'm too old I'm too this I'm too that and you know the old thing if you if you believe it it's true if you think you're too old to get a job guess what you won't get a job but if you think I've got 25 years of wisdom behind me I've got all these things I can offer companies will be fortunate to get me to work for them there's more to it than that but you've got a much better chance of getting a job and from your experience, you talk, you are a counsellor as well, aren't you? You're a coach counsellor to people that are looking for work. Is that the fundamental challenge or are there other things as well that people have to be thinking about when they're sitting there saying, I can't get a job? Yeah. When we think about people working with a, a career coach like me, they're either coming because they've tried it themselves and it's just not working. And the neat, probably equal numbers is I've never actually been happy in my work. And now I'm 50, 60. One of them was into his 70s. I now finally want to find a job that fulfills me. And 
the first thing I'm always saying to people is, but what is it that you want to do? And when people go wrong, it's like, I don't mind. I'll do anything. And guess what happens? They get nothing because <laughs> everything's too vague. They think a recruiter or an HR professional is going to look at their CV and go like, you would be perfect for this job. And I have to disillusion them about that. So the first thing is be clear as to what you want and why. Yeah. Interesting point that you made, I think. A job that fulfills me. Mm. That's very interesting, isn't it? Because most people seem to have worked their life and probably actually haven't enjoyed their job as much as they would have liked to. They do say, don't they, that if you find the perfect job, you, you're not really working. But how realistic is it that somebody who's maybe retired or at the, the, the latter years can find what you would deemed to be a fulfilling role? I spent years researching about what gives people meaning in life. But when we think about it, when we're young, you know, maybe around 20, we're, we're often looking for a job that's going to pay us the most or a job that our parents feel is going to be, it's a good, solid job, that's what you should do, my boy or my girl. And then, of course, not everybody's in this case, but in a lot of cases with age, we've cleared off the mortgage, we probably still have the ongoing need to pay for our children who've never seemed to end uh, coming back with demands. But but we're often in a fortunate position where it's less about the money and more about doing something that I enjoy doing. And of course, not everybody's like that. But then you think, but what is it that I want to do? Not everybody wants to make their hobby a job. And some people think, mm. actually, I want to give back. There's the work of Carl Jung and Erickson and other famous psychologists talk about regenerativity, which is about giving back. I think that gets more and more important in our 50s, 60s, 70s, which could well be moving into the care industry or into other area where you can give social, it's a social needs type orientated job because you feel I'm fulfilled. I'm not just there to make money for the shareholder. Yeah, and I mean, I feel that way. I'm 60 years of age myself, and I've been a recruiter for many, many years, but three and a half years ago, I looked at what I was planning to do with the rest of my life, and I saw Network Healthcare, part of the same group yeah. that delivers care, home care, and it, to me, it was a no-brainer that there's an absolute need, you know, aging population and the rest, and a shortage of care workers and, and those sort of things. So for me, this is fulfilling in, in many ways. And on a personal note as well, I'm also a listening volunteer for Samaritans giving back. So I certainly understand what you're saying about the older population feeling that they want to give something back. But from your experience, are they able to find those sorts of roles? Are, are the employers out there looking for the 50 plus worker? Okay, well, okay, so there's a couple of things going on there. And one of them is, well, what is it that I want to do? And I got a, a, a lovely message from our client this morning who had a major role within the BBC. And then she completely changed careers and did something different. And now she's got yet another change of career because as she ages and she finds out more about herself and life, she moves on to something else. They're not paying what she used to get years ago but that's less important to her so the stat is identifying something that might fulfill you and then it's like but are recruiters going to take you on i followed this 
avidly in the press and they keep on saying they want to do more and more, get older people into the workplace. There's this need to get all older people into the workplace. And then the people that I talk to go, but I'm not even getting shortlisted. Um, and if I am getting shortlisted, I'm not getting the job. And I think there's there's a, the, one of the problems is people often being recruited by people who, whilst the organisation says we value and want to take on older people, the person doing the recruitment doesn't agree that. But also the first step is to get through the software that's going to shortlist people. And if they start, as I see CVs, and I still mention about their O-levels, and they go back to their first job in 1974, it gives an impression of being old. And it's 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 a dated style. So it's a bit like everything else. You've just got to be up to date and use the right language, just like you, you know, you improve, you change your hair colour and clothes and stuff like that. You've also got to change your CV and how you market yourself. And in many cases, although not all, using LinkedIn is going to be very helpful because that's a good way of making contacts with people that can help you. So employers, they say that they say the words, but it doesn't always go through. And there is ageism out there that people have to have to contend with. And it can be hard for people. From your experience, are you finding that a lot of people are trying to find the same sort of job that they left rather than saying, well, actually, I don't want to have that high-paying job and they'd be willing to to look at something else? Or coming back to that fulfilment role, you know, is it really fulfilling to try and get the same job that you had before? Or well, even, even one, sorry for cutting across, but even one level down yeah. might not be far enough down the tree. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, well, it's interesting because I've had people who are still going for promotions well into their 60s. Yeah. And they still want the next move and the next move. And I have other people who are very happy. You know, they've been, for example, a senior, you know, a marketing director, and they're very happy to go down to a much more junior role. <laughs> the problem they find is then they go for the interview and they're being interviewed by somebody, you know, possibly half their age who can't comprehend that anybody would want to possibly do that. And also they look at them and they're thinking, but you know way more about this than me. So why would I take you on? Because I'm just going to get really stressed out. Do you know more than me? And there's all this stuff going on. It's like, it's just easier not to take them on. So you have to word it in a particular way. So if you want to go for a job that's well below your background, I'll say to people things like, but it's better to say that you're in a fortunate position, you don't need the money, and this is why you're taking a 75% pay cut, because you really want this job, whatever it happens to be, you know, even if it's a, a minimum wage type job, you know, you always wanted to work at PNQ because you can work <laughs> eight till two, but some people do, they want to work eight till two, three days a week, and not actually have any stress and be five minutes from home. So, you know, there's all sorts that people want. But other people tell me they want to go and get a job in Tesco pushing trolleys, because that'll be easy. And I'm going like, seriously, do you honestly think it is? There, there are other lower paid jobs, less stressful jobs that they can do. But if you've had a lot of autonomy and independence, how do you make that adjustment? So you have to think, will I fit in? And it's worth it if you're going to go to say B&Q and to go there and observe and pretend you're like the undercover boss or something and see what it's like and think, actually, could this be me? But of course, you can shadow before you make a significant move. Yeah, but the people that are not getting the the interviews, they're probably going for those office type jobs, aren't they? They're not necessarily executives that now want to work in the likes of and let's change it up, home base. 
or into a care home or or something of that nature where there's probably a, a greater willingness to see those people mm. coming through because it's appreciated that they are reliable they're trustworthy they're committed those sort of things and they're there probably for, for a, a personal reason a lot of people join the care sector don't they because they've had a loved one that was affected in some way by caring yeah yeah um yes indeed and i think care homes is, is a is a good option that people don't always think about because there's more flexible hours that people can do there's often places much closer to home or indeed they might like the variety of, of, of driving around I think sometimes people worry that it's going to be too physically demanding so they need to understand about the roles clearly there's different things that people can do but I'm not sure people always think about the care industry which is surprising mm. because they have a narrow view and they think well, I've worked in an office as an accounts clerk, so of course I need to get another job in an office, rather than thinking, but I could try care, I could try retail, I could try telemarketing or something. So I think it's, sometimes it's about employers actually thinking about how well can we let people know about these opportunities. And I think what people, what the over 50s, or, you know, what we want is for a job ad to say, we are particularly looking for people like you, rather than as look at an ad and thinking, oh, this is all just aimed at, up at young people, when that's not true. But I've been doing some research about people working in retirement, and that's one of the reasons why people aren't applying for jobs, because they don't think they'll even get shortlisted, so they don't bother applying. And if only the employer had said, we welcome patients from all ages or something like that, then they would apply, and that's... That was quite significant when I found that through doing some quite deep research into that really? topic. You would think, though, would you not? Because the law is on everyone's side, mm -hmm. that by default, an employer wouldn't need to say it's open to anybody and we're particularly interested because that's discriminatory against the younger. That you know, it would be could be perceived. So. Uh Maybe yeah. they're they're thinking on their EDI policies. Well, we can't really say this. Um, so yeah. maybe there's a, a lack of education as to what you can and can't do as an employer, for example. Yeah, it's it's, it's a difficult one. But having got my doctorate, I'm now quite used to reading academic articles. And I and I I read one that had done a big review of like over a hundred research studies, and that was one of the key bits of information that came out that people don't apply for jobs because they don't think it's aimed at people like them. So I, I haven't actually looked at the specific job ads, but I just thought it was interesting from an employer's point of view. And what can employers do to get a more varied applicant range? And sometimes it's going along to these jobs fairs that they have locally, isn't it, where you have care providers there who are seeing the more mature person coming along and saying, you know, Here's a form and you might like to come and talk to us more about this. Um, but again, people feel they, not all, but the people that struggle are the people that lack confidence because it's just been knocked out of them because they haven't got the jobs they want. And I've also noticed with older people, they're often beginning to become less confident because they're thinking they're invisible because of a certain age. And so if you've not got any confidence, you're not likely to get a job. And it's, 
this terrible vicious decline where it just gets worse and worse until somebody gets them to snap out of it and to, to start looking at things in a different way or reminds them about how great they are. Mm. Can I ask, in terms of the sort of people that you talk to, are, are they pretty much white-collar workers or, or are you covering a, a very broad range of employed people and maybe the, the unemployed folk who may have even struggled for some time to find a, a role? Not necessarily the elderly, I'm just saying broadly, are you white-collar, blue-collar? Where well, do you fit in? I think in a private career service, clearly it's people who've got the money to pay for me that are going to work yeah. for me. But I know a lot of people who work for the National Career Service where it's free. And I know the, the conversations that they're having with, with people as well. But some of my, my I, I have a whole range of clients, including yeah. people who've been postal workers and mechanics and roofers and, and the like. And often people of, of all backgrounds, people suddenly think, I want to do something that it's meaningful to me but also I want to give something back but a bit like that quote about when somebody's going people are making a cathedral and what are you doing you know I'm slabbing um mortar on on bricks or whatever the, the, the thing is and somebody else goes I'm building a cathedral so I think it doesn't matter what your job is it can still be meaningful because if I was a cleaner cleaning the, the floors it's got meaning because I'm making mm. the place clean and and secure for whatever work is going on there. But for other people, it's going like boring job, hate the cleaning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, and they just can't wait to leave, and they probably don't do a good job because they don't want to be there anyway. Because it's attitude that's important. Are you finding that there is a change of thinking in the the older population that are working at the moment that they're seriously wanting to sort of back off their full-time job and and make that career change and maybe look at the care industry for example would you say that that is it is prevalent in the the marketplace there's a great demand out there for people to go on to part-time or shorter term hours four days a week or whatever they want to work less and they want to have job of course not not all, but an awful lot of them want to have a less stressful job. And they're open to looking into different things. Yeah. And in the care home industry, in the whole of the caring industry, it's growing. <laughs> I mean, clients talk to me about, I don't know what to do. I think, well, first of all, we need to look at where the growth options are going to be. Because there's no point saying I want to be a candlestick maker because there's not making much call for those anymore. And with the whole chat GPT thing, well, that's really interesting about how jobs are going to go. And I was reading about over energy in the paper over the weekend and how 250 jobs have been taken over by um, ChatGPT, providing better answers than humans did. But the humans are now picking up the phone and talking to people. So they're, they're actually having better jobs. So it's, it's, it's truly fascinating the way it's all going over the next just few years and and the opportunities it's going to give to people so i think we need to see it as opportunities and not a robot's going to take my job there's always be things that we need well in the care sector the good news is i think that most people would say that robots will never replace the human touch which mm. is a positive and as you said a few seconds ago the, the population is growing therefore mm. there's a need for more care Sadly, there's over 160-odd thousand vacancies in the care sector. 
but that gives great opportunity for the 50 plus that's looking for a permanent or maybe even a part-time role in care. At Network Healthcare, we've taken the view that one of the, the big growth areas is live-in care, where people are spending 24 hours in people's homes. And for those that have been thinking about a career change and finding that fulfillment, we think this is a great option. I mean, do you think that could work? I can. And interestingly, I know somebody who does it. So it's um, it's a lady a couple of years younger than me, um, as happens. Um, her marriage ended and she hasn't got the home life that she had before. And she was looking for a change of career. And she does live in care. I think it's about half time. She does three, I think she does three nights one week and four nights the next. Well, not just nights, it's it's full time while she's there and she stays there. But because yeah. there's one other person they share looking after, I think before we remember, it's a, a man with, with a disability. And it feels like her home. And indeed, it feels more like her home than where she's currently living because she's in a transition where she works out where she's going to live longer term. And I hadn't really thought about it, but it, it it's working for her. And I think it's very much an option for somebody Oh, there's all sorts of reasons, aren't there, where somebody mm. might be very happy to get out of their normal home and have a few days doing something that's valuable, but also being out of their home environment. And it's certainly something which is probably better suited to those where the, their children have already grown up and uh, flown the nest and they've got more flexibility. Yes, yes. And, you know, I don't know her situation, but I could just imagine if it's for me and I was doing it clearly there's a lot of time that you're doing care for the individual, but there's also going to be time where you're not, where you could be doing, I don't know, your crafts, I suppose, mm. or, or reading or, or whatever. So it could be a nice way to segue into a different part of life. Hmm. Absolutely. So, look, we've spoken. You know, the time has flown. It really has flown by. If there's a snippet of advice that you would give anybody considering if they're the 50 plus bracket and they're thinking, I want to move on now in my life and change my job, what would you be saying to them? I want you just to take a bit of time out and think, what do you want to do? I want to imagine yourself in 20 years time and think, I can look back on the last 20 years and I am so glad I made a decision to do whatever it happens to be. Because if you don't take time to think, this is what I want to do, you're just going to drift into something else in five years' time or two years' time, be equally unhappy. And if you don't make the choice at uni or 50s and 60s, whenever you're going to, you don't want to be on your deathbed and go like, I really should have gone and done something different. You know, it's it really is that seize the moment. And if you get it wrong... Well, it's another learning opportunity, isn't it? And you can move on to something else. And the and good news is, as we're all growing older and older, living longer, mm. if you make a change of your life in 50 or 60, you've still got 20 or 30 years, potentially, that you could be working in a job that you really enjoy. Yeah, and and it's having a job that will move with you as you age. So most people at 75 don't even work in 50-hour weeks, but a job that you could be in. 20 hours a week and then in your 80s you know two five-hour shifts or something that's 
that's what we want. I think, and I think that's what society needs. We need to stay active. And a good way of staying active is through work. And we get the people contact as well. Uh, I'm really excited. I've, I've got a, I don't know, do I need to change my job? No, I think I'm fine. I like the care sector. But look, Denise, it's been amazing. And if anybody's interested, the book, book. Find Work at 50 Plus. It's a fascinating read. I genuinely did read it. And I'm looking forward to the, the next book, which comes out when? It's probably the end of October, November, but dates slip. And it's going to be called? Ret- <laughs> Rethinking Retirement. <laughs> Rethinking Retirement. There you go. If somebody wanted to get hold of you and uh, pick your brains and get some consulting advice, where do they go to find you, Denise? Well, I've done a special page on my website, which is amazingpeople.co.uk slash get hyphen in hyphen touch. And I'm sure you'll put the link below. But from there, I have three websites and there's links to the freebie offers on each of them on my LinkedIn profile. So that's a great place for people to start. And I put two really good articles on there as well link to my book for anybody who's thinking about changing careers brilliant well i might not be looking to change career but i tell you what when we're finished today i promise you i will be going to look at those articles and i will share the links for those as well thank you very much for being on the chasing care podcast today thanks for having me bye-bye bye Thank you for listening to Chasing Care. I've been your host, Gavin Chase, and I've enjoyed your company. I'd like to take a couple of moments to thank our sponsors, Network Healthcare, a care provider that's been delivering care across communities for the last 21 years, and to Top Care Executive Search, a specialist recruitment agency that identifies the hard to find talent of registered managers in the UK. So, If you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, like, and of course, share. You can always send us a message too. And if there's a subject that's really important to you and you'd like to come on Chasing Care and talk it through, then please get in touch. In the meantime, I look forward to speaking to you again soon and have a great day.